Amen, amen. Well, quickly, I'm going to just dive in here, jump in your Bibles or uh, open up your iPads, whatever, Romans chapter 8. This is the third week in our series. We want to welcome all those on Facebook. Let's give them a hand. God bless you this last Sunday, wherever you're watching from all across the country and the world globally. Amen. Uh, Overcomers um, series uh, number three, conquering the obstacles in your life. Uh, my text has been Romans chapter 8. We've gone through that the last few weeks. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Paul says, knowing all these things, we are more than. Can we shout more than? Conquerors in him who loved us. And we spent time on that. And we talked about it's a combination of two words in the Greek. And it actually means this, that in Christ Jesus, you are an overwhelming conqueror, a paramount victor, an enormous overcomer. It's actually what that means. It's, I mean, oh, well, I don't feel like that, Pastor Mike. And, and, uh, but that's what Jesus is declaring, uh, that, 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 that he's actually saying that I'm going to put my watches overcoming spirit into your weakness and fill you with my victorious life. How many of you know if Jesus fills you with something, you're going to be full? All right? And he's saying that I will be in you the conquering and omnipotent power. That's what Christ is in us. Last week we talked about in Job chapter 1 and, and we discussed overcoming in this area. We talked about how when the Sabians raided them in first chapter of Job and he lost everything. And that one phrase there in verse 15, each person that came to him told him this bad news, this horrible news, what was going on. And this guy would say each one after another, I alone have escaped to tell you. And I just kind of left us with the word that, you know what? God always has a remnant. God always has a people that come through the valley of the shadow of death. Can I get an amen? It's not to minimize the pain of the suffering that all has touched us all this year, but you know what? The challenge is, are you going to be the one? Are you going to be the one that's going to step up and say, you know what? I'm going to move forward. I'm going to continue with God. Amen? I mean, in 2020, somebody still served God. In 2020, somebody still decided to live pure. You, you may or not have, but somebody did. Amen? Somebody still decided to study. Somebody still decided to, to read their word. Can I get an amen? Somebody still said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to church, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still give. I'm going to draw near to God. Amen? Hallelujah. Some of you just woke up this morning. <clears throat> this morning, I want to quickly get through... Uh, uh, a number of years ago, the U.S. military spent 140, the U.S. military spends a lot of money on stuff, and sometimes it doesn't pan out. But on this, this was an interesting study. Uh, it spent $145 million, between 125 and 145 here in different amounts, but what's a few 20 million, doesn't matter. Uh, they developed this program for soldiers, and <clears throat> soldiers that had been through tremendous traumatic experiences, and uh, maybe they've lost a limb in battle, uh, <clears throat> all kinds of terrible, horrible battle situations, and, uh, and they've had addictions. So they, so they spent all this money and to come up with this study program <clears throat> to help soldiers that are suffering from uh, PTSD and, and numerous of other, uh, uh, other issues in life, uh, many of them get, uh, getting out of the military. Uh, and so the study they came up with, they came up with this acronym, 
and they actually did it uh, in conjunction with uh, the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, it's called PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. I don't know if you've heard about it. Uh, it's this theory of well-being. And so they have this uh, 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 professor of psychology, Martin Seligman, and he kind of put this together and they did this study. And uh, so the University of Pennsylvania has been working with the United States Army and, 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 and helping soldiers to increase resilience after these traumatic setbacks in their life and for their family. And so out of that study came this, this acronym, PERMA, and I, and as I was reading through this and, and, and hearing about this, and I thought, you know, it's very interesting that what they came up is right out of the Bible. <laughs> but it cost them $145 million to figure that out. <clears throat> Moving right along. And so, so they, they come up with these things, five things that have to happen for somebody who's had a kind of a setback, a stumbling block in our life and, and, or in their life and, and, uh, and in order to get back up, to get back up. And so how many of you know 2020 America has had major setbacks? Come on. And uh, every family here, and the sound of my voice, has had some kind of a hindrance and uh, whether it is a graduation that you were planning for that just got thwarted or a wedding that you were trying to have and it keeps getting postponed or changed, uh, maybe a loss of uh, a business or you or job or income and, and it's something, family being away, not being able to connect and just all of us have experienced setbacks. Some of you feel like you've been living in, in hell the last nine, nine, ten months. Just It's just been horrible. And so, <clears throat> so I just want to uh, touch on what they came up with and what the Bible has to say about that. Is that all right here this morning? I'm going to try to get through this really quickly, okay? So kind of having a comeback from a setback permer with the acronym, these five building blocks. So the first thing they talk about in this study is P represents positive emotions. Now, I'm going to read a couple of verses. Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 12, 14 says, Therefore, as the elect of God... Holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, put on kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing against, uh, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Wow. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So their first point in getting this kind of comeback, they talked about that if a person is going to come out of depression or, or come out of the trauma or, you know, conquering or overcoming uh, that trauma or pain in their life, and instead of just talking about it, how bad it was and rehearsing it and going to the bar, getting drunk and, and just taking, you know, prescription medication, it says this, they said they must get into, they must get into their uh, life in the midst of a trauma and crisis situation. They have to get positive emotions, what they said, positive emotions. Now, I don't, uh, they don't call it this, but I want to tell you what a positive emotion is. It's called the joy of the Lord. Amen. How many know that the joy of the Lord is our strength? Nehemiah talks about that in chapter 8. And actually, while he's reading and he says this, that the joy of the Lord is our strength, Ezra, the scribe, was found the book of the law and started reading it to the people of God, and all of them started crying. They started weeping because they knew they were not measuring up to God's standard. How many of you know that we don't bring the standard of God down to us? We got to lift it up high. Amen. That's, that's where it belongs in our life. And so they're crying, they're weeping. It's convicting. I mean, oh, God was there in that moment. 
And so they're crying and they're weeping. And then as it says, you know what? The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I like how one commentator, he says this, God was joyful because they returned back uh, from being uh, alienated away. And he says this, he says, grace that reunites us back to God equals joy. Did you hear that? And that means any time in our life, grace that reunites us back to God equals joy. Some of you think I'm missing joy. You're disconnected from the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to try to wake most of you up here by the time I'm done. Psalm 16, God says, in his presence, he shows me the path of life. And at his right hand is fullness of joy. Jeremiah 15 says this, that the word was sent to me and it was a rejoicing in my heart for I am called by his name. Thank God for the word of God. Can you say amen? Now, now here's something that just blew me away. This is a fascinating point. All right. They said also that in his study, this actually said that it actually helps you to find a hero in life. Much like, they go on to say this, Greek mythology. Someone, they actually say, that went to Hades, that went to hell, and came out and shows you how to live. Oh, my God. Do I know somebody that went to hell for three days and three nights, that took the keys from the devil and came back out, and is a hero to you and I? Can I get an Amen. Somebody else just woke up right now. Hallelujah. That's, his name is Jesus. That's our hero. And he conquered death in hell. Can you say amen? And so they said, when do, you do this, you find a new identity, a new identity. How many of you know our identity is in Christ Jesus, in Christ alone? Amen. The second thing they, they talked about is engagement. Engagement. Proverbs 18.1 said, whoever isolates himself, watch this, seeks his own desire. Hmm. He breaks out against all sound judgment. An island to yourself. I don't need anybody. I, I don't need not, I don't need no friends. Had that been that, you know, I'm tired of getting hurt. First Corinthians 12, 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. You are all, we are all part of the body of Christ. They said that if you're gonna overcome after setback, you not you, you cannot, is what they said, keep yourself isolated. What a year 2020 has been. You know, as a kid, back in 1974, 77, I used to watch a series, it's going to date me, I was about 10, 12 years old, Grizzly Adams. <laughs> Some <of> you, <laughs> Grizzly Adams, he was a guy that was wrongly accused, uh, Dan Haggerty, uh, of murder, and he didn't, so he fled to, I don't know, Alaska or in the hills, and, and he lived up there, and, and he found a little baby uh, grizzly bear, Ben, and, and, and it was just like, I don't know, as a kid, I just thought that was amazing, but he, he was just an island to himself, lived out there, and uh, uh, incidentally, I looked up, and they said it cost them 125000 to make, but they made over $45 million just from that show. <laughs> the isolation for him worked, but anyhow, but, but this thing about seclusion and separating, aloneness, watch this, separation, isolation, it's no wonder the world is in mild depression or major depression because of isolation, all right? They, they demanded that everybody hide from each other. Well, the E represents engagement. So in other words, at some point you have to engage. At some point you have to come off the bench. You have to get back into the game of life, as which they say. At some point you gotta quit soaking in your sorrows, keep licking your wounds. You gotta kinda get back up and engage again. Yes, I understand when you go through a season of tremendous grief. Uh, how many know you got to go through that? 
And you can't, you know, some people that suppress emotions, they don't want to, you know, tragic situations, very painful situations. You need to let those emotions out. You need to go through those stages of grief. And it doesn't matter one of the five or five, all five. You have to, we're humans. If you cut us, we bleed. Amen. And so God understands that. And that's where the church is there for. But, but you got to, at some point, you got to look forward. I said, you got to look forward. And they actually, they actually use this phrase. They said that you got to get back in the flow. That's what they use, get back in the flow. Well, what's that? I believe that's the flow of worship. Amen? The flow of worship. You know, we, we have to engage the presence of God again. You have to engage the presence of God in your life. Can you say amen? We can't let the worship team do all the praise and worship for our life. Amen? You can't. I mean, we've got to do that. We've got to engage the presence of God. We have to engage the presence of God personally, corporately, publicly, and privately again. Don't let all your praise and worship be just this slotted time on Sunday morning. That song that I texted Curtis came while I was laying flooring in the basement. And then I would just stop because I would have worship music on. Just have worship music and that song hit me and I just started crying, putting the flooring in. I feel God in this moment. Laying flooring, you don't feel God usually. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Come on, somebody. I mean, so we got to engage the presence of God, not just on a Sunday morning. So, Pastor, I love Sunday mornings, but when I go back home, create a habitation of praise right where you're at. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen? And so, so get back in the flow of worship. And See, when I engage in praise to God, when I engage in his presence, I engage my hope. Isn't that right? I engage my faith. I engage my will to keep going and to believe God for a breakthrough. How do we do that? When we lift our hands in worship. That's how we fight our battles. Amen? We lift our hands in worship. Praise God. Number three, uh, the third point they have is relationships. Relationships, 1 Peter 4, 8, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. Ephesians 4, 32, this I had to really apply when I went and picked up my kids at the airport. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. How many know when you pick up people at the airport, Minneapolis, you're all waiting there like ants on a hill? Well, when somebody that's tucked in and they already got their kids, what do they do? Ah, they hang on the horn. And so <laughs> I think Mariah was getting a little, well, I'm gonna, you know, someone's laying on the horn for me. You know, I'm like, okay, praise the Lord. I'm pulling out of the way. <laughs> I had to really apply that verse in my life. <laughs> Be kind to one another. I'm like, well, for a minute there, you were my friend. You were waiting for your family. Now you got your family and I don't. Anyhow, moving right along. Relationships. This study says that if you're going to come back from your obstacle, you've got to get a place to where you begin. Watch this, to develop relationship again. And I kind of put this in this little thing because I didn't really think about it. Relationships with people. Somebody shout people. people. Now, I don't know about you, but I do love animals. Okay, I'm, I'm going somewhere right now. I do. I love animals. And I grew up, I grew up with chickens. I had a, I had a chicken that would ray, lay a double yolker every day. I call him Buck Buck. I'm telling you, I was 12 years old. I mean, I love. And then I had mallard ducks. And then I had one pair of geese. And I'm for certain knew they were male and female. But they never laid any eggs. And finally, we gave them to a guy that had a bunch of other geese. And the next day, they laid an egg. And I said, why did they lay an egg? He said, it was too stressful at your house. <laughs> for years at Keith's. You know, we would chase them. They would chase us. I don't know why it was stressful. <clears throat> so, so 
And, but, you know, I had, I had dogs, German shepherds. Right when they were born, I was right there helping with the birth. That's the kind of, I would sleep in the doghouse. Come on, somebody. And, you know, and so, so, and then I, I didn't like cats, but I had one cat trigger because I don't had six. All paws, all four. And I'm like, I was a good cat. It died, you know. And anyhow, I won't go off and all that. I had a parakeet. I had uh, tadpoles. Uh, I, 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 someone gave me a massive bullfrog one time. Put him in a container and he died. He suffocated. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> and so, so relationships with people. But pets are not people. Come on, that was a drop the mic moment right there. Because someone's going to argue with me. I'll tell you what, you know. <laughs> there ain't, animals are not humans. <clears throat> Ducks are, Dr. Watson the cat and Marky Mark the dog, they're just pets. Amen? <laughs> uh, anyhow, some people look at their family members. They're my babies. <laughs> Listen, I do believe that pets can be beneficial to the physical, social, and emotional well-being of humans. Amen. I don't have anything to get it. But listen, my name is Mike. I'm your friend. They're not humans. And science is behind me this year. Amen? <laughs> All right. I hope you could take that and, and, and understand what I'm saying. I'm talking about people that, you know, I better get off that. <laughs> okay. Relationships. So don't hide. Don't be an island. Don't disappear. 2021 is a new year. A new beginning upon us. Get into relationships. Well, I don't, I'm going to come to church and I don't, I don't see anybody coming you know, reaching out to me. If you want friends, you got to be friendly. Right. He said, there was a smile. He said, why are you so happy, Pastor Mike? Because in a couple months, I'm getting my braces off. I'm so happy. I'm making a video at that moment. These braces. The M stands for mission, mission, meaning and purpose. Job 11, 17 to 19, it says, A lifespan will rise better than noon. Darkness will be like morning. You will be secure, for there is hope. Wow, what a verse. You will look around and rest safely. You will lie down without anyone to scare you. Mm. Many will beg for your favor. What a powerful verse. The study says that if you're going to overcome your predicament, you've got to have a little bit of hope in your life. A little bit of hope in your life. And that's, that's a mission. What is that? You need something to live for. Watch this. That's bigger than yourself. A sense where you feel that you belong to something. Watch this. Where you can serve that mission, whatever it may be. Something that's bigger than yourself. Well, what could that be? I would say that's the local church. Amen? It's a local church. It's God's kingdom right here in this place. <clears throat> and so they go on. If you're ever going to get past uh, that, that divorce, that hurt, maybe that failure in your life or that addiction, you need a mission. You need a place of hope, a healing. And that's what the local church is for. Jesus established the local church, not man. Oh, man did it because they just want all your money. No, they're there to reach eternal souls in the preaching and teaching of the gospel. Does the church, uh, you know, is supported off of air? No, it takes money. Amen. Amen. Some of you, I just lost that moment, but I hope I get you back. Each of you have a mission in the local church. Can you say amen? Let me just say something to the young people, because it's very, very hard on a lot of young people. God has not changed his mind about your calling this year. Even though things may have been disrupted in your life, 
your purpose, just because of this stupid China virus that hit us, uh, your studies have been disrupted, and maybe your plans, a wedding, and graduations, and all in all. Uh, you know, here's the thing. You're going to do everything that God has called you to do. You need to hear that, young people. You're going to do everything that God is going to call you to do. You know, I uh, graduated in 1982. And uh, <clears throat> when I graduated, interest rates, listen to this, interest rates are pretty low right now. Someone told me it's free money <clears throat> at like 2% or 25 Interest rates, when I graduated in 1982, just get out of high school. Just think of, whoo, I'm out of high school. 1982, interest rates were 17%. Come on now, some of you remember that. Right between 14 to 17, and some place, times it was higher. When I got out, this was the thing, I will never own a home. I believe that to the core. I mean, owning a home, I was like, get married, I'll live in like a shack. Like maybe I can, you know, but I will never own a home. My brothers and sisters, I've owned five homes. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Just because something at the moment is really bad, it's not gonna stay that way. It's not going to stay the way. Don't ever, I will never, I will never. I'm never going to get married in this year. How do you know? How do you know? You don't know. Amen? Somebody needs to shout amen on that. Amen, amen sister, amen. <laughs> I believe God with you. I am. <laughs> a mission. You need a mission. Hallelujah. A future in a hope. Okay, uh, number five, very quickly here. Accomplishments. Accomplishments. The A stands for accomplishments. Psalm 63, 8, my soul clings to you. Watch this. It says, your right hand upholds me. Your right hand upholds me. Psalm 138, 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out. Here he is again with his hand. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. Once again, your right hand delivers me. Your right hand, I want you to see that about the hand because I want to get into something here. This perma study reveals that you need some wins. You need a fresh victory in your life. You know, churches, uh, they, they go ebbs and flows, and they go through times they're testing, and, and all of you remember that. Then there's times there's these great victories, and churches need that. And we've had some, even in this pandemic, we've had some victories as a church. If we look back, I look at them, I said, that was some great victories this past year. But see, here's the thing. When you get hit and hit and hit and hit, and kicked and beat up and beat down. You go to work and all hell breaks loose. You come home, all hell breaks loose. Come on. And you know, you, you know, once you say, God, I need a victory here. Come on. Amen. I need a victory here soon. I need a sign that you're with me, God, in the midst of this. And I was just reading about Gideon. How many remember the story about Gideon? And Gideon was that way. The angel shows up, all mighty man of valor. He goes, well, are you serious about that? I'm not a mighty man. The Midianites, they're in control. Where's God? And he shouts what a lot of people have in their hearts, and some people won't say. But So with this fleece, you know, God intervened and proved. God helped him win, is what I'm trying to say. And God wants to help you have some wins in your life for the kingdom of God. And for you, can you say amen? That's why Romans 8.31 says, no, in all these things, we are more than more than conquerors through him who loved us. And you know what? I just really feel that the, the hand of the Lord is here. The hand of the Lord is here to help rescue you, to reach down, to touch, and, and, and to, to, to minister to you. You know, some of you feel you're stuck. Some of you feel that you're in prison. Some of you feel like what's happening right now in your life, you're never going to break out of it. It's going to be that way always. And that's why I just love that offering video, how 2036, you know, 16 years from now, many of us will look back and go, we could tell that story, right? 
Amen? But God brought us through. Can you say amen? Stand with me if you would, please. I'm going to end with this, this uh, Dr. Martin Seligman, this professor of, uh, of psychology. He, uh, he, he wrote a book that I'm actually reading. It's called Learn Optimism. And uh, <clears throat> he talks about, <clears throat> see if I can get this to work here, uh, learn helplessness. And uh, some of you may have heard this, but he began to study how in India, people, they train, the Indians train elephants. And so they would take the elephant, this little baby, worship team, you come forward. They'd take the little baby elephant and, and then uh, they would tie either a rope, a heavier rope on uh, uh, one of the legs, typically the front, and then they would put it in a stake in the ground, but it was pretty strong. Sometimes they would cement it. And so the elephant would go just so far and, oh, it would just keep, it would just jerk them. And the elephant, and they did it for years sometimes on these elephants. And he's just, he, it, he gets to a certain place and boom, he hits that and then he stops. Now watch this, he stops. And so that elephant tries over and over and over until he can't go any further. Finally, and what happens to the elephant? He stops trying. And so the elephant grows, gets bigger and larger and amazingly, they take that elephant, they bring him to the circus, right? If you've seen circus or whatever, see the elephants and they're like docile, they're huge. If they wanted to, they'd crash through a wall, isn't that right? And so they would just take a little, little rope, like a clothesline rope, and a little stake in the ground, and that elephant will walk and he'll just stop. That elephant can just throw that thing right out and keep moving, isn't that right? It's that powerful, but in his mind, I, I keep hitting. I just keep hitting. Can't get free from that alcohol. Can't get free from that addiction. You know what? You'll never be free. You know what? Your present situation, it's going to be like this forever. You're never going to get married. You're never this. You're never that. You're never going to... People just quit. Just a little stick holds them back. Why? Because mentally he's learned. I've tried. I can't do it. Overcome, Pastor Mike? Are you kidding? What I've been through... My life, it's been hell. I don't know how to get through this. So this massive elephant, he could just fling his leg. He could move forward, but in his mind, he's stuck. Life's too difficult. Make a difference, Pastor Mike? I'm just trying to survive day in and day out. <clears throat> like many people today, especially of this year, they just resolve. I can't. I can't. But here's the thing. He did another study. <laughs> Rats. I don't really like rats. Same study he took rats. He puts these rats in a tank of water where they can't get out. And a certain amount of rats, I don't know where he got them. Maybe got them from New York City. I don't know where. But he got these rats. <clears throat> he puts them in the tank. And all these rats are swimming. He tines them. So these rats are swimming and swimming. And then they have this panic look on their eyes. And around 10 minutes, they all drown. They're all dead. Mal, get some new rats. I don't know where he got them. So he gets these new rats, puts them back in the tank again, and then he, 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 he times them again, and around nine and a half minutes, watch this, the rats have that, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> oh my God. And he, he picks them, he scoops them up, he takes them out, he dries them off, and he feeds those rats, and he lets them rest for an hour. Then he puts the rats back in the tank again. Those rats swim for 18 minutes now. 18 minutes I had that, oh my God, oh my God. He takes the rats back out, 
Drives the rat off, let them rest a little bit, feeds the rats a little bit, puts them back in the tank. 36 minutes, rats swim. They start to have that look on their eye, snatches them back out, does it again. Come on, somebody. And he drives them off, lets them swim again and again. He keeps doing this, doing this. Hear me, hear me, watch this. 37 hours, those rats swam. And they got to the point after 37 hours, that look, he'd pick them out. What are you trying to say, Pastor Mike? This is what he says. He says this. He says, if you can get a little bit of hope. Hallelujah. A little bit of hope. The psychologist concluded that if you can learn helplessness, watch this, you can also learn optimism. Mm. You can learn hope. You can learn to overcome if you want to. If you want to. If you want to. You can learn how to conquer the obstacle in your life in Jesus' name. I believe the rats have come to preach to you this morning. Hallelujah. And it's this. If you can get a little bit of God's hope in your life, you can keep on swimming. You can keep on believing. Can I get an amen? You can keep on staying in faith. And sometimes you need a little bit of hope because the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the smallest level of hope. And here, I want to conclude with this. I believe the hand of God is here. Every head bowed this morning, if you would. The hand of God is here. Hallelujah. He is wanting to reach down into your learned helplessness, in your weakness, your sin. And his hand is willing to pull you out of your mess, if you will let him. Stop trying to do life on your own. Stop trying to do life on your own. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen. I will help you. Watch this. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Exodus 15.6 Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. Hallelujah. Isaiah 59, 1 to 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot save, nor is his ear dull, that he cannot hear. But he goes on to say, Your iniquities have built barriers between you and your God. Mm. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you, but he wants to. 1 Peter 5, 6, and God will exalt you. He will help you in due time if you humble yourself under his mighty hand. The hand of God is here. I said the hand of God is here this morning. The way out is through humility. The way out to optimism is, is humbling yourself before the hand of God. Church, if you can learn hopelessness, you can also learn hopefulness. You can learn optimism you can overcome through jesus christ you say pastor i'm willing to take that step and just like those rats for the believer you feel like oh my god i don't know if i can make it any further the hand of god is here spiritually speaking he's here to pull you out He's here, and that's how we get stronger and stronger and stronger, and we go further and we go further and we last longer because the hand of a God will not let you slip. And I feel God here. I feel God wants to do something in people's lives, and He's already doing something right now. Will you open your heart? 
Will you stop trying to do life on your own? Will you surrender your life today? That you say, Pastor, I want, I don't want to do life alone. I want to do it with the Lord. Let's pray together. What you're doing is you're not joining this church, but, but you're joining the family of God. And your name, the Bible says, will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And, and, and heaven will be your home, but, but you can overcome. You're going to have the hand of God help you in your life. You'll be born again, is what the Bible says. Pray with me. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I humble myself before you. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Jesus, this day, I give you my life. The Holy Spirit of God is giving you power to overcome. The hand of God is reaching down. You had that scared look on your face that this is it. This is my undoing. And the hand of God is saying, nope, I've got a future. I have a future for you. I am reworking the clay. I'm reworking the situation. And I've got a bright future for you. In Jesus' mighty name. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it, we're here to, to help you, to get you on a pathway of spiritual growth. You don't have a local church. There's wonderful churches in this community, and I know pretty much all the pastors. I bless them. They're doing a great work. But if you don't have a home, we welcome you to Harvest. We welcome you to the church here. 